Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Let's get started. Are you a life coach, author, speaker, and entrepreneur who is serious about getting massive exposure for your business? You need to secure your seat at the inaugural New Media Summit and get the high-level visibility you deserve. Come see me and 40 other high-profile media influencers this September 21st through the 24th of 2017 in beautiful San Diego, California. At this summit, you will receive detailed training on leveraging and monetizing the power of new media and to connect with me and other high-profile media celebrities who can make you famous with the push of a button. However, seating is limited, so reserve your spot today. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and the first thing you see is a link to this phenomenal event. Simply click on the link and purchase your ticket today. Remember, this is the number one event for connecting with the world's leading influencers and getting booked on today's most listened to, watched, and read new media outlets. So purchase your ticket today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and purchase your ticket there. I look forward to meeting you very soon. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to remind you to honor all those with whom you come in contact. I'll also be interviewing Country Music Hall of Famer Richard Lynch, who shares how he and many others honor our military men and women. You all know me as a psychotherapist, but some of you may not yet know me as a composer. I currently have two albums which have been released. Think of both albums like books. Each composition is written like a chapter in a book. The first album, Consolation, explores a character's grief and loss. And just like in any book, the story explores a character's heartache and eventually he finds healing and hope. The second album, Restoration, explores a character's personal development. He has an awakening, and in that awakening, he recognizes all the things in his life which aren't healthy, and it helps him come to a place of restoration, being restored to something greater than before. You may purchase both albums on iTunes or any other digital music store. The names of the albums are Consolation and Restoration, and my stage name is James S. Miller. The name of the piece you are currently hearing is from a second album, Restoration, entitled Awakening. Once upon a time, a slave ran away from his cruel master. He took refuge in a forest. One day, he heard a groan from behind a bush. Before long, he saw a lion holding out its paw towards him. Trembling with fear, he went near the beast. He saw a big thorn in it, so he pulled it out. The lion licked his hands and went away. The slave was captured a few days later, and a judge sentenced him to be thrown into a cage of a hungry lion. Many people gathered there to witness the scene, but a strange sight met their eyes. Instead of tearing the slave into pieces, the lion began to lick his feet. It was the same line which had been helped by him in the forest. He told the crowd the whole story, and the judge set him free. Honoring Others When we look back on our life, I'm confident that we could all name a handful of people who really inspired us and who influenced us to be the people we are today. If we were to see them today, we would show so much gratitude and affection towards them. One thing I always like to reflect on is it's very cyclical, meaning I'm sure if you ask those people who inspired you, who inspired them, that they could name a handful of people as well. So when we think of it in that respect, you yourself are in a position to honor other people. You are in a position to inspire the people around you. And I'm sure years later, people will think of you fondly and think, wow, they really inspired me. But if we think of this in a broader spectrum... Everybody we meet has a story. Everybody we meet has been through something. If we limit our honor to only those people we know, 
well, then we're actually doing ourselves a disservice. How often do you make eye contact on the street? How often do you start up a random conversation with someone in the checkout line? When you give your time and energy, that's really a form of honoring that person and respecting that person. We don't know what people are experiencing on a day-to-day basis. You have no idea how your sincere interest in them, your smile to them, your greeting to them, how that can actually change their life. When we focus only on honoring the people that are in our life, we're missing out on healing and helping the people around us. These are just a couple ways in which you can honor them. Simply greet them by name. Be sincere. Give them a hug. You can praise them, compliment them, and tell them how much you appreciate them. Encourage them. Or just a simple smile. Those are things that you can do on a day-to-day basis. But when we only allow ourselves to give that to the people we know, we're not being authentic to the world around us. Remember, the golden rule, treat others how you would like to be treated, isn't just for the people you know. It's everyone with whom you come in contact. So my challenge for you today is to be mindful of all the people with whom you come in contact. How can you honor them? How can you recognize them? How can you compliment them? How can you allow them to feel important? Because they are important, just as you are important. Honoring others is a gift that not only you can give them, but a gift you receive as well. So be sure to honor all those people with whom you come in contact. I wanted to take a quick minute just to thank all of you who continually support and listen to James Miller Lifeology. It's been an absolutely amazing journey for me. There are so many wonderful things that are happening over here on this end that I definitely want to share with you. So for the next few months, every person who signs up for my newsletter is going to be put into a drawing. And in this monthly drawing, whomever wins is going to get a free 30-minute Skype call with me, James Miller, to see if James Miller Lifeology can help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, and the newsletter will pop up. Simply put in your name and your email, and it will immediately enter you into the drawing for this free 30-minute Skype call with me. So sign up for the newsletter today. Richard Lynch is an independent country music hall of fame artist and a country chart topper. He is also the founder of the Love Tattoo Foundation for Veterans. Richard is also a hardworking blue-collar farmer and a barn builder who lives life in a traditional country way. He is going to share his inspirational story with us today. Welcome to my show, Richard. Well, thank you for having me, James. It's an honor to be with you, sir. Well, it's such a pleasure to have you on my show. When I was reading the information about you, I, I love the comparison or the juxtaposition between, you know, you're this, this, hall of fa- this country music hall of fame artist, and yet here you're a barn builder, and you, you're an auctioneer, and you do all these amazing things. And I think it's absolutely so inspirational to, to hear that, you know, as, as famous as you are, that your life is still just like, it's very, um, it's very quote unquote normal, like the rest of us. Well, you know, I, I was raised in a, uh, a country music ho- uh, household. Um, my dad was a incredibly, um, an incredible singer, entertainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up on a farm. Um, hard work was always prevalent. We had to, plenty of chores to do. And uh, I knew at a young age that my dad was an incredible entertainer. So I wanted to follow in his footsteps. And, uh, you know, I've always been in around the country way of life Mm -hmm. and there's always just a lot of chores to do. If you're on a farm or whatever, you know, there's a lot of chores that's constantly needing to be done. So I learned a lot of things growing up, you know, whether we can maintain buildings and fix barns and, and birth calves and, and so many things with the horses and all the animals and the livestock and the music. And so, yeah, I've been very blessed in the sense that I've had a, a diverse way of life in the country upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful that I I got to grow up like that because 
it's uh, it's put a lot of dedication in me and a lot of made me realize that there's a lot of things that I can do if I put my mind to it and put the hard work that goes along with it to become whatever you want to be. So growing up on a country way of life and on a big old farm, it gave me a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of determination. Mm-hmm. And I realized that if you, at a young age, if you're going to do something, you have to do it. And uh, so, yeah, I'm very thankful that, you know, I grew up the way I did. And, uh, you know, my, one of my earliest memories of the music thing is I was like eight years old and my dad and mom took was taking me to go uh, – where my dad was playing. Uh-huh. And I remember dad was playing with a guy named Porter Wagner. This would have been way back in the early seventies. And, uh, I was sitting there with my mom enjoying the show. And next thing you know, my dad points down to my mom and says, Hey, get Richard up here on the stage with oh, me. Oh, wow. So at the age of eight years old, I'm <laughs> up on the stage and I did an old, uh, an old, uh, Buck Owens song. Uh, that was popular at the time called I Got a Tiger by the Tail. And the song was well-received and had a big crowd. Of course, I'm eight years old. I pretty, pretty well could have sang anything. Got a big crowd. <laughs> yeah, right. I, was, I was bit really early by that. Yeah. Bug, so. <laughs> that is amazing. That's so neat. And, and Was your dad able to see that in, you know, in your face, maybe even afterwards, you know, how your face kind of lit up, that you're like, oh, my gosh, this is what I want to do. Was he able to see that? Oh, yeah. I mean, and dad always knew that, you know, I had a, a huge interest in the music. I'm the oldest of six kids and pretty much I'm the one that always followed my dad around. If he had a guitar, I was following with the guitar. If he was me- messing with the barn or whatever, well, you know, whether we're working at the, you know, building a fence or we're doing anything, I was my dad's little shadow. So oh, wow. <laughs> he inspired me a whole lot in my life. Yeah. And that's amazing. I mean, it's, it's so neat. I, in fact, I was interviewing someone earlier today who was talking about his father as well. And I love to hear, you know, just the legacy that's created from um, our amazing parents, you know, and how that they've really shaped us to be the person, you know, the people that we are today. So it's wonderful to hear that another amazing father of really shaped your life as well. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I, Sometimes when we were young, we don't necessarily appreciate or even understand, you know, what our parents does for us. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, as we get older, uh, all those words that uh, we remember hearing as a child will tend to come back. Yes, yes, it's very true. <laughs> and it makes sense. Then, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, wow, my parent was really, really smart. How did they? I never knew? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So now, where I was going to ask you, where where do you live, or where did you, where were you, um, where were you raised, in which state? I uh, I live and I was raised in southwestern Ohio. Okay. Uh, a little town called Lebanon is where I graduated high school from. I currently live about five or six miles north of there where I graduated from, a little town called Waynesville, Ohio. And that's where me and my wife, uh, we have a farm and, you know, we grow hay and uh, we have horses and donkeys and oh, wow. plenty of chores to do. Uh, you mentioned earlier that, you know, I was, uh, you know, a barn builder. Well, I've done that for many, many years, but the music industry has pretty much eliminated any barn building for me these I bet. days. I was, well, that's one of the things I was going to ask you. Well, how in the world, if you're traveling so much, because we, you know, my listeners don't know this, but we um, were going to record a couple weeks ago, but you were so busy that we had to reschedule. And so how, with you being so busy and on tour so much, how are you even able to maintain your farm or do all these other things? Because I mean, that's, it's just, I think it's mind blowing that you're so successful is, is juggling all those careers. 
Well, I, I'm pretty fortunate that uh, I got a, a good neighbor that can help with the farm, and uh, and I got a brother that helps me quite a bit, and and my my wife, Miss Donna, she has <laughs> a couple of employees with her uh, business to where, you know, we can kind of delegate different things that need done at the farm if we have to be gone for a while. You know, what, what's really uh, what's really difficult is, you know, we still have all this hay, and hay starts coming in latter part of May, and then we kind of you know, about every 35 days after we cut our first cutting, we got, so we usually get three or four cuttings a year that we have to try to either, either make sure someone's doing it, which is a difficult task, yeah. <laughs> or just kind of skip, make our schedule around the, the hay season to where we get it all cut up and, and stacked. And most of the hay we sell, but, you know, we still feed probably 400 or 450 bales a year for our own use. Oh, wow. And then, uh, but we you know last year we were down. We only sold, uh, we only raised about uh, a little over six thousand bales last year. And, and but there's a lot of labor intense, and so we've learned that we've got a lot of great friends around the country. <laughs> but, but, but when it's hay season time, we don't never see them friends around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I would probably be like that as well. I'd be like, oh, I'll talk to you later, Richard. <laughs> I'm really busy right now. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, we, we love our way of life, and uh, <laughs> hard work is really it, – it's really a part of us. So yeah. what we do, some people are amazed that we do so much, but we've, we've always been busy. Me and my wife have always been a go-getter, and uh, uh, we've, we're learning the word no more so lately than ever, but we've always had a hard time <laughs> telling no. And I think so, I think that's really is a hard lesson for people. It's really hard to be able to set those limits because we have historically been able to do it, but – whatever it is, or historically been able to do what they ask us to do. But at the end of the day, we just, you can't maintain that anymore. There's no, <laughs> the energy has to go someplace else. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we, we really appreciate all the opportunities that have came our way. Um, we, we mentioned, uh, our little earlier about, uh, the love tattoo foundation mm-hmm. and, uh, that, that came from, uh, a friend of ours who lived in Virginia beach and he wrote a poem and uh, he was inspired about a, a TV show and a, uh, a news uh, article that a gentleman had come back in from his area and was pretty well shot up. Oh my gosh. And he'd seen how this, how this gentleman was uh, pretty well in bad shape. So Chuck was uh, the gentleman's name that wrote the poem, went, went to the hospital, and uh, he wanted to see this and meet this gentleman who has served our country. And he was so enamored with the fact that on the the – the uh, the door of the veteran, he had handwritten a note, and of course you got a nurse to, to tape it up. And on the note it said, if you're coming here to see me and feel sorry for me, please leave. Wow. That really inspired Chuck, and then he wrote the poem, and he sent that to me, and and the poem was entitled Love Tattoo. And a lot of folks ask me, what is a love tattoo? Well, a love tattoo is, it has nothing to do with ink. Mm-hmm. The love tattoo is uh, either a psychological sacrifice or a physical uh, sacrifice that have these, that these folks have endured uh, serving our country. Which all will, will forever be um, uh, part of them. You know, that's just like a normal tattoo. It's always going to be on your, on your skin. This is always having their spirit in their heart. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's a permanent thing. So after reading the poem that my uh, friend had sent to my, my wife, I agreed to try to put some music to it. And I did put some music to it. And then we realized that, 
you know, it needed a little something else. So another friend of mine in Nashville who's also a prophetic songwriter, mm. uh, Terry Dennis and I sat down and we wrote a, a chorus to the song. And that's how the song Love Tattoo came to be. And so Donna, she says, you know, this this is really inspiring. A lot of people love to hear this. Why don't we take it to the next level and 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 get it to where we can help people with this song? So my wife, if you talk to me very long or anybody around, you realize she's the brains of this operation. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Donna sounds amazing, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she put together a foundation. Uh-huh called the love tattoo foundation.org and all of the proceeds uh, from the sale of that particular song goes to help our dear men and women who have mm. served this country. And there's a place in Michigan called the Wilwyn lodge. And that's where the money goes. Uh, and the Wilwyn lodge is up in Custer, Michigan. And it's, it has a beautiful 1200 acre facility. So if there's a, a veteran from World War II to current conflict. They are welcome. Mm. They just, you know, make sure that they schedule their time. But it's a place where they can reflect, relax, get their head together, come to grips with a whole bunch of personal problems they have. They can bring their spouse. They can even bring their dog. Oh, so it's a retreat of some sort. It's a retreat, and it's something that um, that I, I feel that our folks need to have some kind of access to that. I, I hear that there is uh, 22 folks from from 15 to 22 folks a day um, in our military that's that's committing suicide. And oh I my find, gosh, I didn't know I that. I find that unacceptable. Yes. So this is just a little something that we can do um, that we that we take pride in what we do to where we can help a little bit. It's just a little way of us giving back. Yes. You know, and just to hear those those statistics, those rough statistics, it's. It's so sad, and uh, obviously so many levels, anytime anyone takes their life, it, but knowing that th- those wonderful people specifically are out protecting us and keeping us safe, and then for whatever reason, that's the choice that, that they make at the end. It, it just, it's so sad that, that a warrior would feel that their only way out is that. So it's so glad, I'm so, one, I'm so blessed to hear that the, you, you and um, the Love Foundation excuse me, Love Tattoo Foundation, are helping find, helping these people find respite and find a peace and solace in with whatever they're struggling. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, we're not by, by no means the only folks doing this good sure. cause. A lot of great causes out there. But we, we, like, we like making uh, and folks aware and, and known that they're, you know, we're, we're, we're doing something that's genuine and we really want to let the folks know that there is a place for these folks out there. So if anybody ever hears this and they know a, a friend, a neighbor, uh, uh, somebody who even has um, a hearsay of someone ever needing this, let the word out that there is a place for these folks to go to. So, Have you heard from anybody as far as how it's really helped them and kind of changed uh, their life in some way? Well, I haven't heard how the outcome comes or has been, but I have been. Me and my wife played uh, – um, we, we, me and the band, I should say, played up in Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, Upper Peninsula here uh, year before last. And my wife was with me, of course. And we went across the Mackinac Bridge, and there's a Mackinac Island mm-hmm. right up there in Michigan. And we had a chance to meet with some um, some military men and women that were over there. And, and you know, they a lot of these folks have been disfigured, and uh, oh, goodness, someone yeah. had... And and, and and the ones that look okay, you know, it doesn't take very long to talk to them, but you realize that there's something not right. They've been psychologically scarred. 
and we had a chance to meet with some of these folks and uh i, I i'll never forget this um a couple of folks walked up to me that and uh, and there was a gentleman in a, in a rest in a wheelchair that walked up that was being pushed up to me and he said he stuck his hand out to him and he said thank you for all you do and uh I, you know i kind of got emotional i said well we got this all wrong <laughs> yeah. yes of course yeah <laughs> we, th- this is very this ain't what what i can do this is what we want to thank for what the folks that you've done. Yes. You know, it's so interesting to, you know, with the Vietnam War, when, when the veterans would come back, there's such a different take based off of then, you know, the, uh, the response that a lot of our military troops received back then versus now. And I'm so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a military person, but for me, the, the, to, to, you see the movies from, you know, the Vietnam era and how all that happened, you know, even though I was a little boy, but it's to see that. And then now it's, there's such a huge difference. And I'm so glad to hear that there are, um, there are, there are uh, places like, like the Left Tattoo Foundation and many other places as well that continually honor and support and, and have pride in, in our military. Cause I, I think, you know, just that, I can't imagine what it was like for the people of Vietnam when they came back, you know, not only being emotionally scarred, physically scarred, but to not be well received um, in their own country for which they, in the other country that they protected. And so it's um, such a blessing to hear that so many people now really honor the, the service that these individuals have, have provided for us. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I never served in the military myself either, but my grandpa did, my dad did, my brother did. And, uh, you know, there's a sense of pride um, in these folks because they have so much love of country mm-hmm. and they have so much love uh, and a respect for our founders and the, and the folks that's protected our country before them. It's really neat to see someone with that genuine respect and appreciation. Um, they, they've sacrificed immensely just to go through all the, the basic training programs and all the things that they have to do. So it's really neat uh, to see someone and get to meet those folks because really you know, they're a small proportion of our society, mm-hmm. and it is so neat to see somebody with that much dedication and appreciation and respect um, for our country, because I, I love our country. I love our nation. I, I've been writing a couple songs that, you know, like I've, I've got a current song that I re- recently wrote and recorded called We're American Proud. You know, and I see such division within the country now. Mm, that's true. It, it, if there's something that I could do to musically to kind of help to help get uh, some songs together or get people together because of a song, I'm going to do my best to do just that. Yeah, and I think that's the thing when we when sometimes people think, well, I can't do anything. Well, it's not about going out and starting a new organization, or it's not about you know going get into politics. It's just simply what can you do in your community? What can you do to honor the people around you? What can you do to honor your country? And that because it's think of it like a just a large organism. Every small piece, when it's healthy and it's whole and it's and it work, it's accommodating, it's respectful. Then the country, obviously, the larger organism, if you will, is going to work in a much more um, powerful, healthy way. Absolutely. So, every, so we don't have to be, you know, like I said, some political person. It's just simply, what can I do to my community right now? What can I do to honor, honor the, the my country for which it stands? Absolutely. You know, I I, I think that there's a, a lot of good folks out there. You know, a well-intended folks on, on both sides of the political aisle out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it would be nice if if a song could touch some folks. And you, music is a powerful entity, very, very powerful entity. 
And, um, you know, I, I mentioned the song American Proud, and it talks about, you know, farm boys, farm folks, truck drivers, military men and women, and it talks about the man upstairs. You know, uh, so if we can just kind of touch base on the uh, uh, on just a few folks that really – uh, respect our country and, and just kind of build all around those folks. And the next thing you know, they're, they're, they're sharing, uh, uh, this music and, and, you know, whether you're Republican or Democrat, independent or whatever you are, there's, there's plenty of room for us all to learn and pre- sure plenty, room, plenty of room for us all to be better at what we are. Um, so the, the music for me has, I've been fortunate enough to where the music can, can help me in, in many different ways. So whether it's a, whether it's a uh, a cause like the Love Tattoo Foundation, or whether it's just something to kind of help heal people's, you know, in the music business or the around the country, mm, the world. That's the direction I always want to go. Well, and I think you said something very powerful. Regardless of what what your uh, political affiliation is, our diversity does not have to create division. Our diversity, I think, helps us understand the world in a better way, which really unifies us. But I think so many times we look at what is different from the other person. And don't realize that, you know, there's two sides of a coin. A coin can't really exist unless it has two sides. And in that yep. two sides, that's the checks and balance. That's where, you know, someone that may be an outlier here, an outlier on the other side, it's where we all kind of bring ourselves together to a unified vision of what, you know, either an organization or our country or whatever it might be. So I think the, the diversity is a powerful, beautiful thing that many people you know, kind of look at it in the wrong way, but it's, it's a really a unifying thing. It's good. It's good healthy-wise, mm-hmm. you know, we each other you know there's i'm sure there's so many different things out there that people will just listen to one another uh you you know you may or may not even agree but generally the other side has something that's really genuine that they're talking about there are most people are really sincere and they have a genuine approach and they have a they have a uh an interest of something that would really be uh, important to them and so we can all learn from each other if we just choose to Exactly. You know, one thing my father said, speaking of fathers, as he always said, and I'm sure many people have heard this as well, is uh, we judge others by their behaviors, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. I may have the most beautiful, well thought out, or I may, may have the most benevolent intent, but if my behavior and how I'm presenting it is done in a way that that's all people see, well, it doesn't matter what my intent was because that's all they're going to see is how I present it. So I think in anyone, in anything, it just simply goes, I think it goes just simply back to be mindful of how you present to make sure it's lined up with whatever's in your heart. And that's where people understand you better. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, and, uh, as, as time goes by and, and, uh, my success, um, and I'm very thankful that we have the success that we've had, but as time goes by and, and, you know, we get more success and we, we deal with, uh, you know, more opportunities. Sometimes, uh, you know, you've always heard this thing and I, I know I've heard this, you know, well, when you get success, you you change. Mm-hmm. Well, in my mind, I I don't think I change. I still do the farm chores and stuff. exactly. And that's what I said on the on the free call. That's I really appreciate that about you because you know you you haven't allowed your success to really. And I'm sorry, I totally cut you off here, but you haven't allowed your success to change who you are. And I think that's a beautiful, wonderful example that we all could learn, regardless of the status in life. Well, you know, I just I, I love being around people, and uh, there's nothing better for me to do a, a show and and be able to shake somebody's hand and hug their neck and just you know meet them for a few minutes. I, I love that. My my dad never knew a stranger in his life. I keep referring to my dad. <laughs> he taught me so much, you know, and 
and, and you know, if you if you are who you are and you genuinely love what you do, you know, people can really pick up on that. There, so I have seen I have seen some changes though, and <laughs> I have to be honest with you, some folks that I've known for a long, long time are start to treat me a, a little differently. I'm like, hmm, I ain't changing, <laughs> folks. You guys are. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, Richard. <laughs> That's a really good point, yeah. <laughs> that is really funny. <laughs> well, our time is pretty much up, though. But, Richard, if my listeners would like to find out more information about you and about this amazing foundation, the Love Tattoo Foundation, where would they find the information on- online? Well, just go to richardlynchband.com. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, there is that's a pretty much the best website I can tell you. There's a various array of uh, different uh, social media entities there. You can scroll down and see all the different things we're doing, the, the places we're playing, the music we're recording, um, the merchandise, the, the charts and, mm-hmm. and the interviews. But just go to richardlynchband.com. And that pretty well is the easiest way to, to learn about anything you want to, to learn about me. And I really want to say, James, thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, to speak with you and to your listeners. You know, without what you guys do and your listeners, uh, there ain't a whole lot of chance that, you know, Farm Boy is going to have much success. <laughs> I really appreciate you. Well, it's been our absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being on my show. And I can't wait to get the show out to my listeners and help them also find the pride that not only that they already have in their country, but even have more pride as far as everything that people like you and these different organizations are doing to, to refresh and re-strengthen our soldiers. Well, thank you, sir, once again, and I can't wait till we cross paths again. I totally believe we will. Thank you. <laughs> thank you now. Bye-bye. I also want to thank you, the listener, for joining with us today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today. Also, please go to my website where you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy, watch my YouTube episodes, and read all the articles I've written just for you. If you'd like to become a guest or show sponsor, please visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. And of course, follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for joining with us today. I'll talk to you soon.